At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase tonight. The Rams take over first place. We update the playoff race plus record watch. Looking at you, Coop. And later, the second half of the Purple Tour, we preview Rams at Ravens. Next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back into Rams Showcase. I am your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Banks. I am laying down the law for you guys tonight. Bunch of awesome stuff to get into. We update the record watch, something we will continue to do on Cooper Cup. But first, guys, no matter where you are listening to me, make sure you guys subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you guys are hearing me on Fansided, that's where you guys are going to want to go. If you guys are hearing me on YouTube, hey, great news. You can hear me on Fansided as well. Every single page of Fansided that is Rams-related, you can hit play on there and listen to my beautiful voice shoot rams knowledge right into your ear holes direct injected all right but i do appreciate everybody being here we got a bunch of awesome stuff to discuss of course we'll first get into our giveaway and then uh we're actually going to take one week one week away from a giveaway this 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 week unless i decide last second that we're still going to pump one out all right but we got uh, that going, and then on the back end of the show here, of course, we will be discussing the Rams and Ravens. Last time we played these fellas, it did not go so well for the L.A. Rams. A big old beating uh, passed out by the Baltimore Ravens. So, hey, man, hopefully some fortunes are different this time around, but it's going to be some good stuff on Sunday. Unfortunate time change on that one. We'll talk about all of that good stuff, though a little bit later on and then we got some interesting running back news going on right now i'm sure you guys have heard but i still gotta talk about it because it's kind of bananas and then playoff races of course we will be discussing that as well so let's go ahead and give away uh this giveaway is brought to you by so make sure you guys head to the description in or to the link in the description below, no matter where you are hearing my voice, and you will be directed to Shaw's Customs, where you can pick out some of the sickest stuff ever. Guys, look at what he's got, alright? Don't don't just take my word for it. Trust your own eyeballs, and click the link, and shoot on over there. We will also throw in uh, to uh, at All Pro Sports on that as well. So you guys can uh, can search again with your own eyeballs, and, and, and find some good content there. But let's go ahead and give this giveaway all I needed from you guys. All I needed, simple answer. Who is your favorite Rams player? Could have been current, could have been past, didn't matter at all. So let's go ahead and pick out a name. I've got them all in this beautiful yellow hat that I've got to my right here. And this one feels like it is a winner. And this one's going to go to Santoya Jones. You are the winner of this week's Shaw's Customs giveaway. This pile here, well, it's not a pile anymore. I put them all away, but that pile there is going into the end of the year giveaway 
where we will basically add in all the winners, the winner of the winners, you know what I mean? So all the all of the winners will be, get thrown into that one. We're going to do a little bit of a larger giveaway for that one. So thank you to Josh. I don't think I asked him about that. I just think I was like, yeah, we're going to go and do that. So <laughs> it's okay. He's fine with it, I'm sure. So it's good stuff. But we'll do, yeah, so you basically you win that one and you're the winner of the winners, the ultimate winner. So that's some good stuff, but that will be at the end of the Rams season. So whenever the Rams are done playing, already clinched a playoff spot. So once the Rams are done playing, that's when that giveaway will be taking place. Let's go ahead, though, and get into the juiciness here. If I didn't tell you guys already, I know I did, but hey, subscribe on YouTube. All right. It helps me out a ton. I do appreciate it. Uh, and then you can get uh, the show broken up into clips as well. So if you guys are hearing me on Fansided, you only have access to the full episode but uh, that's ramblingfan.com, by the way. But if you guys are hearing me on YouTube, if this is the full version, I've got this se segment uh, segmented out. So if you guys just want the record watch stuff, you guys, guys just want the rest of the West, you just want the game preview, whatever it happens to be, I've got you taken care of right there. But let's go ahead and get into the beef, all right? We're going to start with the record watch. We've been keeping a close eye on wide receiver Cooper Cup and what he's been doing this season on football fields, which is kicking all the butts. All right. He's doing an amazing job this season, and he is on pace to actually rewrite some records. All right. I know we get one extra game this season, but that doesn't change the fact that Cooper Cup is having an amazing season. All right. It's not like you add one more game and this is just a bad year. All right. That's not the case at all. But Cooper Cup currently has 1,734 receiving yards. That is currently seventh most in NFL history in a single season, second in Rams history uh, for a single season. He is currently on pace for 1,965 NFL record, 1,964. So last year or last week, he was on pace to beat it by nine. The week before that, he was on pace to beat it by one. We are back to on pace to beat it by one. So we're still in the window. All right. We're still in the, we're still in that sweet spot, but these next two games, we kind of do need to see some uh, some good stuff, all right? So for the NFL record, he does need 230 yards. That is 115 per game. He had 110 this last week against the Minnesota Vikings. We had two games left. Needs 230 apiece, or uh, excuse me, 115 apiece. And those are games against the Baltimore Ravens and then at home against the San Francisco 49ers to wrap it up. We'll see what happens with that game. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but it, it could be a situation where we don't necessarily even need to play Cooper Cup. And why would we if certain things go a certain way, if you catch my drift? All right. But uh, 115 per game, that's absolutely doable for Cooper Cup. And he's still on pace about that pace. Actually, he's getting right in the pocket of 115 a game this year. So he is right in line to to pick that up. But the, the Rams record, 1,781. Cooper Cup needs just 47 more yards to pass that record. That is 23.5 per game. I feel pretty good that he can average 23.5 per game. All right, there's, there's that little asterisk about that last game. And if we'll need Cooper Cup to be on the football field, because if we don't, then why risk anything, I guess? But he is on pace to have the best season for a Rams wide receiver in team history so that's pretty exciting stuff just 47 yards to beat that record that was set by wide receiver Isaac Bruce in 1995 he has already beaten the receptions record from that 95 season with Isaac Bruce as well 
uh, and already up to 132. So he's blown that record away and keeps on adding to it. But let's go ahead and talk about receptions. Like I said, currently 132. That, if he if the season ended today, if out of nowhere they were just like, shut it down, this is over, he would currently be fifth all-time in a single season with 132 receptions. So already a top five year for Cooper Cup, but we can we can give him some leniency, all right, because he's been doing awesome out here. He is currently on pace for 149.6. That is the exact mark that he is on pace for if you're looking at all, only averages, all right? But the NFL record is 149. That's why I put that point six in there because he is on pace to beat it or tie it, technically. I mean, he's like right in there where he could tie it. He could get to 150. We could see him get to 150. Only needs... 18 more catches to get to 150 on the season, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Cooper Cup, man, I mean, he's obviously on fire. He's doing some amazing things out here, but to to get to 150, I mean, that's that's absurd, honestly. Like, that's kind of nuts, you know what I mean? So, it's good stuff, though. Uh, that, that record, the 149, is currently held by Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, who did not play at all this season, and you know what? That's probably better for him. Those Saints are not doing awesome, but he does need a uh, Cooper Cup. That is needs just 17 more to beat this NFL record. And that is eight and a half per game. So he had 10 last week and that's about right. That eight and a half is, is about right. You know, maybe he averages a little bit higher than that. But if he gets nine per game, which would be that 18, then he could get to the 150 receptions. And that's just awesome. We don't have a Rams record here because it's already Cooper Cup. He got it last week, and now he's just adding to it. He's just making it impossible for anybody else to come after it. But hey, maybe, maybe, maybe in the future we see another Ram get this uh, that's currently on the roster, all right? That's actually a good question that I uh, could ask you guys is, is uh, who would you say would, on this current roster, has the chance to defeat any of these Cooper Cup records that we're about to see fall? Who would it be? Who would you choose? All right, because I'm, I'm actually curious. There's... I mean, for for reference, there's Odell Beckham Jr., there's Van Jefferson, there's Tutu Atwell, and then there's also Robert Woods right now. We're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with his future. I feel good that he's going to be back personally, but there are some question marks about that future. Let's go ahead and go to the quarterback position here. We're not going to talk about NFL records because Matthew Stafford is actually not on pace anymore to hit any NFL records he is not uh, this last game with just one touchdown and well under the 300 yards that he's been close to averaging kind of took him out of that conversation a little bit. But he does currently have four thousand three hundred and thirty nine passing yards. That is fifth most in a Rams single season that is on pace for four thousand nine hundred and seventeen. So now he is no longer on pace to hit five thousand. And actually, that would be pretty tough to hit 5,000. He would need two pretty big games now to hit 5,000. The Rams in their entire history have never had a quarterback throw for 5,000 yards. That record, of course, uh, the 49, uh, or excuse me, the 4830 that is currently held by Kurt Warner, uh, which was actually, uh, that was the 01 season, which was actually like kind of a better season for him in some regard, like, I don't know, 99 and 01 were incredible seasons for Kurt Warner. So, I mean, it's kind of, you're, you're picking apples and apples at that point. They're both awesome. You know what I mean? So, or oranges and oranges, whatever your preference is. Just pretend I said that instead. All right. Uh, but with that 4830 as the, the record, he does need just 491 total. That's 245 and a half per game. And 
that's pretty realistic here. Uh, he did not get to 245 in this this most recent game. Uh, actually was under 200 for this most recent game, but that's actually why he's out of a lot of those conversations. But uh, he, he is definitely on pace still to hit that record and to become the single season leader in Rams history for passing yards. So, hey, that's some pretty good stuff. And touchdowns. Also right in line on this one, all right? So currently has 36, uh, just one more than last week. That is currently tied for second most in Rams history uh, with the 01 Kurt. And uh, the record is 41 with the 99 Kurt. So Kurt Warner's up there, man, up there for sure. But has already thrown more touchdown passes than every other quarterback that the Rams have ever seen in a single season. That does include your Mark Bulgers, uh, your your Ferragamos, you know what I mean? Your, your goffs, yeah, it beats all those guys. So he's just chasing Kurt now. He is currently on pace for 40.8, so 41, basically. But that's also the Rams' record. It's 41 touchdown passes in a season. Does need just five more to tie that, two and a half per game. And he is on pace to hit that. But if we see a performance like we saw against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, he may not actually hit those. So that's our record watch. Uh, if you guys... What would like to keep up on those. This is something that I kind of like to do late season uh, to try, just try to keep up with uh, with with things that could be falling. And actually what we'll do also uh, next week, because it will be going into the final week of the regular season, we'll update anybody else as well uh, as far as if there's anybody getting close to top 10 for tackles in Rams history, stuff like that. So we'll get into all of that that business next week as well. Let's go ahead and take a look, a quick look at some transactions here. Nothing too much to talk about, but I did want to mention it because linebacker Ernest Jones and running back Daryl Henderson have been added to IR. Does sound like Jones could be back for the playoffs, but it does sound like Hendo might be out. They're saying like three to five weeks, so we may not see him again. The thing that the the timing of this is rather interesting, though, because it now we're hearing stories that Cam Akers might be ready to go this week. But let's pump the brakes just a touch, just a skosh on the brakes, all right? Because Cam Akers, of course, coming back is huge for this Rams offense. But let's not pretend like Sony Michelle is one of the best running backs in the NFL over the last few weeks, and we should just keep riding that hot hand. So, yes, it sucks to lose Hendo, but we also got Funky Town back, and then also having Cam Akers back, Ram Akers coming back in. That's, I think, a sweet combo to be able to, to get these guys into the rhythm, you know what I mean? So, it'll be good stuff. Let's go ahead, uh, we'll do, we'll, we'll look back at this game, alright? So, the Rams were able to defeat the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 30-23. to 23. The whole team felt good. The whole team, top to bottom, felt in sync, felt fast, felt smooth, felt on, except for one player, quarterback Matthew Stafford. He just seemed to have a bad day. But let's not pretend like he doesn't know that because he also mentioned it. He's like, I got to play better. Like, that's that's just the, the way it is. All right. Everybody's going to have their bad days. And I know that some fans are kind of ripping into Stafford right now. They would say it like, like, you can't do this, you know, but let's just ease up a little bit because I, I keep seeing the comments of like, well, he's not going to make it in the playoffs. He can't even beat the Vikings. First of all, the Vikings are not a playoff team. All right. And I realize that you look at that and you're like, well, how is he supposed to be playoff teams if he plays that badly against non-playoff teams? Every team's different. All coaches are different. Schemes are different. Teams prepare for players different. All that stuff. And also look at the playoff race here. I mean, you know, we beat the Cardinals already. Um, let's see who else is in this. Uh, I mean, we did lose to the to the Packers. Give you that one. Did not play Dallas. Already beat Tampa Bay. Beat the Cardinals. Did not beat San Francisco. Definitely would beat Philadelphia, though. 
So I don't know, guys. I feel I feel at least okay about it. But let's at least let him play in playoffs as a Ram before we're saying that he can't do it. All right. And I get it. I I one hundred percent get it. He needs to play better. He cannot be holding us back. That was the whole reason we went and made this move is because the quarterback position was holding us back last year. Losing in Green Bay, it like that was a tighter game than I think it gets credit for. But we still look at that game and say Jared Goff was not good enough. And so now we bring in Matthew Stafford. And now we have games like this late season. So we have two games for Matthew Stafford to get it right back on track and get into the playoffs with a little bit of a hot hand. Because it looks like we're not going to be able to, to get to the number one seed. So we need to be able to 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 win that first round. And if, if Stafford's still off, I don't want to need to rely on the rest of the team to be on. Because we also have seen injuries. We've seen COVID is an absolute you know, ridiculous thing that's happening right now in the world. And the protocols are changing. Of course, uh, it's it's political, so I'm not going to get into it. But there's a lot of things going into that right now. Uh, but Matthew Stafford, absolutely, he does need to to play better going into this last stretch here. Because, we, I mean, we're in the stretch right now, but he needs to get that together. So, also wanted to mention this one before I get into the game badge here, uh, which is uh, the fact that Brandon Powell, I think he's finally convinced me. I think because at first I was like, easy, guys, because everybody, he had that one big return against the Jags and then like had like a terrible return after that. So his average was awesome, but he had like a 14 yard return. (laughs) And I was like, let's relax, guys. Like, let's I mean, people can have a big people can bust out a return. You know what I mean? Like he got here. He's in the NFL, so he's at least a solid player. You know what I mean? Like you don't accidentally get to the NFL. So he's clearly good. Uh, but this last one here, the the way that he's seeing the field, the way that he is is not terrified to call uh, or to to catch a ball when it's coming in traffic, even on the punt return. I, I I'm starting. I'm I'm getting there, guys. I'm I'm very very close to being like Brandon Powell is the guy, but I'm just I'm just a little hesitant, and I don't know why. I really don't know what it is in my brain that's being like easy. You know what I mean? Like is he that guy? I it looks like he could be. All right. Looks like it could be. Let's go ahead and give away a game badge. This right, Sony Michelle for the game badge again. 27 carries, 131 yards, and one touchdown. This Sony and Cam Akers combo sounds so sick, especially if Sony Michelle can keep running the rock like this. Sony's been playing some really, really strong football. And if you look at just the last like three, four weeks when he's really taken over, so Hendo goes down and Sony Michelle comes in. That was one of the better things that have happened to the Rams this season, and he's killing it out here. So, Sony Michelle, absolutely deserving of a game badge. I think this is number two, if I'm not mistaken, for Sony. We'll do a little bit of a recap as well. Uh, that'll actually be its own uh, th- its own video that I'll actually record on like a Saturday or a Sunday, something like that, when when the Rams are not on. I'll, I'll pump out a video for you guys that'll basically be like a year in review on Rams Showcase, uh, the awards. Uh, we'll do, you know, who want, like, we'll stack up the, the, the game badges, stuff like that. And maybe that's where we'll do our big winners of winners giveaway. You know what I mean? So that'll be good, good stuff, but let's go ahead and move on here. Quarterback Matthew Stafford went 21 of 37, 197 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions had way too many throws in this game where you're like, what are you doing? Like, that's, that's not what you want to see out of your quarterback. You don't want to see him throw the ball and then. Just be like, where was that? What was he trying to do with that? Point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we've seen it now two weeks in a row, that it, and it seems like it's increasing. So just need to to pump it a little bit, back it on up, 
take a look inside the the Stafford schematics and 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 tinker around a little bit and figure out exactly how to get this bad boy back in line because we cannot have a, a cold quarterback going into the playoffs on such a hot team. All right, that's it's just not not what we're looking for. Just but it really did just feel like a bad day from Stafford. Uh, we've seen it before, but we've also seen him bounce back really strong. So I don't know if it's a, a game in Minnesota that that kind of got him a little bit. Uh, maybe in the playoffs, maybe it's going to be an entirely different Stafford. We've seen that before, plenty of times, plenty of times in league history, even Rams history, where a player gets into the playoffs and they're just a different animal completely. And and maybe they're better, maybe they're worse. You know, we've seen that go both ways. But uh, Stafford, we're hoping, we're we're hoping for the the other one there. And uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup had ten receptions for 109 yards, did not score, but the uh, the receptions were there. Uh, uh, 10 receptions. I mean, so so Cooper Cup's doing Cooper Cup things. 109 yards. You almost see that and, and, and feel like it's a bad day. Like for Cooper Cup this year, 109 feels low. And it shouldn't because, I mean, that's still a great day. But 109 yards, no touchdowns. It's like, oh man, what was up with Cup? Like, <laughs> you know? So I, I guess that's a good thing. But, I mean, he's... If, if 109 feels like a like a low day you have a pretty sick wide receiver speaking of sick wide receivers wide receiver odell beckham jr had four catches 37 yards one touchdown i can't be the only one right going into every single game like is this the one that he blows up like I, is it does he just go off today i can't be the only one that's feeling that right like that's that uh, that is other people i'm not alone here right but I don't know. It, it just it just feels like there's going to be a game where Odell is going to go off and he's going to have like 136, two touchdowns on like 12 catches, something like that. He's going to have one of those days. It, it feels like that's coming. I just don't know when. Will it be next year? Let's not pretend like him coming midseason is, is, is something where he can just come in and just put up superstar numbers day one. That's so hard for a wide receiver. So I'm giving them some time. I do anticipate them back next year, so hopefully we can see that come together. Uh, but 37 yards for OBJ. Bro, BJ. Tight end, Tyler Higby. His return, he did miss two, so it was really good to see the big rig Hig out there. But four, five catches, excuse me, for 41 yards did not get into the end zone. But he makes a clear impact on this offense, and I think Stafford is... Probably happy to have him back. I mean, no disrespect to other tight ends that we have on the on the roster right now. Guys like Blanton, they're fine, but they're no Higgs. You know what I mean? Higgs is awesome out here. And then kicker Matt Gay went three for three on field goals, three for three on extra points. He is our Pro Bowl kicker, and Matt Gay is absolutely on fire. He has not missed a kick since week four. And I know I say this every single week. But every time I talk about how awesome Matt Gay is doing, I feel like it's going to be the biggest jinx of all time, and he's going to miss every kick from here on out. It hasn't happened yet, so I'm still just going to say it. I'm going to say because I know that our Pro Bowl kicker is playing so well right now, and I'm stating that out loud, that now he's going to miss the, every single kick for the rest of the season. And so for that, Matt, I do apologize. We are going to take a quick break. On the other side, we got the rest of the West. Don't move. And welcome back in, Rams fans. Let's take a look at the rest of the West, what those other three dweebs are up to. We'll start with the 49ers losing to the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football, 20-17. to Jimmy not only looked rough, but now he potentially, I actually didn't see the news update. I was at work all day, so I'm not sure if there's information here that I have actually, like, either way, Jimmy's hurt. 
It looks like Trey is going to be playing. It's Trey time, all right? So Trey Lance going forward. That's probably going to be who the Rams see in that Week 18 matchup. Jimmy G is part of what's had the Rams number, though, a little bit. So I'm not necessarily that concerned. And I think the Rams play because of the speed that the Rams have on defense. I think we play mobile quarterbacks pretty well. Just, I mean, if you don't believe me, go ask go ask Kyler how he feels about it. Go ask Russ how he feels about it, all right? And let's see what we can get done. So we'll see if that continues this week against Lamar. If he plays, we'll talk about that. But these uh, these 49ers didn't necessarily look that awesome against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are, are getting better without Derrick Henry now. They're starting to kind of find themselves without, like a, a Derrick Henry-list Titans team is starting to find what that identity is because he was such a big part of what they did that I think it kind of crumbled in front of them a little bit once he went out, and then now they are they look like they're starting to to kind of get it back and, and get back in line. But we're able to defeat the 49ers, like I said, 20-17. to 17. That game came on Thursday Night Football. This week, the 49ers will be at home against the Houston Texans. That game's at 1.05 p.m. Pacific time, and these Texans are coming off a big old win against the L.A. Chargers, and you know what? That was... Uh, a pretty big surprise, but also, like, the Chargers here are, they're so up and down. Like, you never know really what Chargers team is going to show up. Like, are they going to be awesome? Are they going to be a team that's going to be, you know, beating the Chiefs? Or are they losing to the Texans? You know what I mean? It's very Minnesota where, like, they beat the Packers but lose to the Lions. You know, it's like, pick one. Are you good or bad, man? Like, figure it out. But I feel that way about uh, the the Chargers. So the the Texans beating them, I don't think is really like a definition of anything. I don't think that that now we can look at like oh hey look at the Texans like or or like oh the Chargers they're terrible. I just don't think that that's real. I I just think it was one of those days. Whatever it happens, we got beat by the Jets last year. So hold your laughter, all right, <laughs> Rams fans. Uh, but this week uh, against the Houston Texans should be a decent game. We'll see what happens. I did pick the 49ers in this one mainly because. When you switch quarterbacks, whether that's injury or just it's time to move on, uh, it's difficult for that team. It's it's hard to prep against that, especially a guy with a different style completely. Like you don't know his tendencies, but now you also have to figure out how that style of that offense is going to work with a mobile quarterback with uh, Trey Lance and not Jimmy Garoppolo now. So that'll be interesting. I think that the that gives the 49ers a big leg up in this one, uh, but also they're playing the Texans, who are not a very good football team. So I'm sure they will be able to, to pull that one off. And then uh, the next week would be week 18 at the Rams, and that's going to be a heck of a football game. But we'll be talking about that one when we get there, which will be next week. Next one here, the Bears did defeat the Seattle Seahawks 25-24. to And honestly, guys, when Foles is a backup quarterback, that's just a different animal. Like, Nick Foles off of the bench is one of the best quarterbacks in league history. Nick Foles as your starter, one of the worst. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about him where when his number is called and he's over there drinking Gatorade, talking to talking to the ball boys and stuff like that. And then they're like, they're like, Nick, like, then he comes in and he just, he's awesome. But when he's like in there prepping all week, like as the starter, why is he terrible? I don't understand. He was terrible as a Ram, but Hey, Foles is gonna Foles. When he comes in off the bench, he can do some pretty awesome stuff. And those Seattle Seahawks are, are having a, a a rough year. Uh, They're not doing great. I'm kind of curious now. There's so many different aspects that go into what's going to happen this off season, but the the conversations kind of sound like I don't know. 
it, depending on your interpretation of some comments, I guess, because the way that I met or understood Pete Carroll's comments was that he's going to just he's going to just keep everybody and try to just keep on trucking, which, hey, I'm not opposed to because that's a bad football team right now. So if he wants to keep Russ in a bad situation, if he wants to keep DK, who's clearly not as good as we thought he was, if he wants to 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 keep a defense who just is getting torched, then, hey. So be it. I'm a Rams fan. I'm all here for it. They need to rebuild, but it sounds like he doesn't want to participate in that, which makes me believe that he'll be out. But I also think that Russ wants out. I think that Russ wants to go to a more ready team. I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm wrong. Uh, I think that Russ goes to Denver, and I think that Aaron Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh. But this is a game that you're going to look at, uh, like we're all going to see once we look back on this season. Is like, see, this is when we knew. Like, I mean, we've known, but like, this is just another game that you can use as evidence of like, this team isn't that good. But this week, week 17, the CLCX are hosting the Detroit Lions at 1.25 p.m. Pacific time. Detroit Lions, they're they're a heck of a football team, man. They, they, they fight, at least. They, they have a lot of fight in them. Their roster may not be the strongest, but I think they're headed in the right direction. And I think that we'll ultimately see like their win over the Arizona Cardinals is not not as like a man... Gosh, the, the the Cardinals just totally blew that one, man. What losers. I don't think we're going to look at it that way. It's going to be like, oh, there was evidence. Like, we're going to see ne- next year, the year after that, stuff like that. I really do believe in that team a little bit. And there's a lot of things that need to happen, of course. They're building quite a few different aspects of that team right now. But I think this is one we'll look back and be like, yeah, that's that's right. Like, they, they were awesome. And Cardinals are terrible late season. So it's like, yeah, that makes sense that they won that game. So I don't know. I guess we're going to find out in the next couple of years i guess maybe maybe i'll remember and reference it but lions at the seahawks uh for this one i also picked the seahawks again because it's so hard to pick against russell wilson at home with the seahawks team especially when you're going against one of the worst teams in the league so i mean i realize that there's absolutely a shot that the lions win this game but it's hard to pick against that situation even if the seahawks are not a very good team right now and looking at a rebuild potentially in the face unless they're terrible and the front office, which might be the case because their drafting has been atrocious as well. At least the Rams are just getting rid of first round picks. And it's like, we're, we're like, we're, we don't want to you, you use them. Like you go blow these picks. You know what I mean? At least, at least we're in that situation where we can look at it and be like, Hey, we didn't even try. <laughs> and uh, my final game here, we had the Colts defeating the Arizona Cardinals 22 to 16. That means if you guys are keeping track at home, the Rams were the only NFC West team to win in week 16. And it was good. The Arizona Cardinals, though, look like they are crumbling. That December Cardinals deal feels real, and the Rams' win over the Arizona Cardinals feels less impressive as the weeks continue. They just don't look like them, themselves right now, honestly. The, the Cardinals, they, they look sloppy. They look sluggish. They look unorganized. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins apparently was the glue holding that entire roster together, uh, but this week they are at the Dallas Cowboys, who are playing some really good football right now. I said it on the NFC West Roundtable, which was right here on Ram Showcase. If you guys didn't get a chance to check it out, it was awesome. We did have uh, some two really, really strong replacements for our typical really, really strong crew. CG was replaced by John Jay from the 49ers Ultimate Report, and Steezy was replaced by Squabo, Squabo Says. So uh, that it was a really good show, uh, but Steezy and CG, they're still the guys, but these were our backups, and hey, people liked it, all right? <laughs> people like Squabo, people like... John Jay, it was some good stuff. But hey, Steezy and CG are awesome as well. So it's good stuff. But on that, though, on that episode, I basically said that uh, I think that 
I, I, I think that the, the Cowboys beat up the Cardinals. I don't think this game's going to be very close. I think my score prediction was like 34-13. I, just, I don't see it. I don't know what it is. This Cardinals team, until they show something, some kind of form of life, then I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking that they're going to pull it together. Let's go ahead and look at the standings, though. The LA Rams now in first place at 11-4. and four. Arizona Cardinals in second at 10-5. and five. The San Francisco 49ers nipping at their heels, but might be a little bit too late at 8-7. and seven. And the Seattle Seahawks, last place and eliminated from postseason contention at 5-10. and 10. So it is definitely still up for grabs. A lot of things can absolutely happen here. And we'll talk about clinching scenarios in just a second. But this Rams team getting back into first place, boy, does that feel good. All right, the Arizona Cardinals knocked the Rams out of first place at that week four game. So going into week five against the Seattle Seahawks, the Rams are already in second place. And this is now the first time that we've been back in first place since then. The standings have been largely the same throughout the whole the whole year. Making those graphics has been extremely easy most of the season. But the Rams, no complaints here that I had to edit some more this week and move the Rams over into that first place spot. Let's take a look at the playoff picture here. You got the Green Bay Packers sitting at that one seed with a 12-3 and record. Looks like they're going to be locking that in. And the Dallas Cowboys sitting at the two seed right now with an 11-4 and record. 11-4 and records for the rest of the top four. The LA Rams at the three seed and Bucks in the four seed. You got the Arizona Cardinals now as your top wildcard team at 10-5. and San Francisco 49ers repping the West also with an 8-7 and record at the sixth spot. And then the Philadelphia Eagles are rounding out the wildcard current playoff spot with an eight and seven record as well and then those losers off to the side you got the minnesota vikings atlanta falcons new orleans saints all at seven and eight and then the washington football team at six and nine so it's getting real tight in here right now and those top four are definitely going to be shifting they're going to be moving they're going to be shaking we're going to see a lot of things happen over this next these next two weeks and there's a lot of things like if the rams if if there was no week 18 the Rams would have just clinched the division because then the, the Arizona Cardinals wouldn't have been able to to pass us, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm maybe that's not true, but I I think that that was right. I don't know. It doesn't matter because there is 18 weeks in this season, so ultimately it doesn't matter. But uh, the Rams getting back into first place is huge. Being able to host a playoff game at SoFi Stadium is absolutely massive. Right now, if the season were to end today. The Rams would actually host the San Francisco 49ers, a team that we will also be playing at SoFi Stadium in Week 18. So that's quite the scenario if that is what happens. If we play the 49ers in Week 18 and then play the 49ers the following week in the playoffs, that's so tough to do. And the 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 games, whenever that happens, those two games have dramatically different identities. So that's going to be really interesting to, to watch. Uh, to if that does happen, but right now that would be the case. Cardinals will be at the Bucks, and the Eagles will be at the Cowboys, lowest remaining seed. So if any of those wild card teams, whoever's the lowest, would be playing in Green Bay, which I think is what nobody wants to do. Who like who wants to go to Green Bay when Dallas, Los Angeles, and Tampa Bay are your other options? You know what I mean. So I think that there's uh, some some clear choices here. Nobody wants to go to Green Bay though. That's a good football team up there, and it's also miserable in January. So hey. Clinching scenarios for your LA Rams, though. The Rams can clinch the NFC West with a win over the Baltimore Ravens and a Dallas win over the Arizona Cardinals. The Packers can clinch the one seed. Uh, they can clinch the one seed with a win. They can clinch the two with a... 
Oh, can clinch the two with a win, excuse me, and can clinch the the number one seed if they win as well as I think it's just the the Cowboys losing as well. So if the, the, the Cardinals, the Packers are Cardinals fans this week, we are actually, oddly enough, Cardinals fans this week because if we can take care of our own business, and I'm not saying you got to root for the Cardinals because you don't have to. It's not going to change the outcome of the game, I promise. It's fine. But if the Cardinals were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys and the Rams also win, then the Rams would get into that two slot, which would be real crispy. And then at that, at that time, we would be currently slated to, to host the Philadelphia Eagles, which I feel really good about um, to, to, to be able to move forward with that. So let's see here. The Rams, uh, a Rams win and a Cardinals win uh, gives the Rams the two seed, like I discussed, because that would mean that the Dallas Cowboys lose. There is 25 different scenarios of how the Rams can finish no worse than the three seed. So I'm not going to list all of those. It's in every single one of them includes like six or seven games. So I'm not going to list all those. What I can tell you, though, there are two different scenarios for the Rams to clinch at least a minimum four, which is literally just clinching the division, clinching the NFC West. And that is if the Rams defeat Baltimore and Arizona loses or ties to Dallas or the Rams tie Baltimore and Arizona loses to the Dallas Cowboys. Those are your situations that we will be keeping an eye on. So. Again, you guys don't have to choose. You guys don't have to root for the Cowboys or the Cardinals. You can just watch the game or just pay attention to the score. You don't have to choose a team to root for because your rooting interest does not actually impact the outcome of a game when it's not even your team. You know, I think that comment stems from people saying like, oh, man, I got to root for the Cardinals. No, you don't have to. (laughs) You know, it's fine. It's totally okay. You You can just not. You could not. You know, you know how easy it is to not. It's literally easy. Okay, you could just not. I, I, I don't know. We're gonna take a quick break here. On the other side, we got the Rams and Ravens. Don't move. There will be a link for Shaw's Customs in the comment section or the description below. And you can go check out that stuff with your own eyeballs. We've got a bunch of cool stuff here. Got the glass over on the other side of this computer. Got the shot glass here. I point it out every week because you guys need to know how awesome this stuff is. All right? It's good stuff. Go check it out for yourself, though. Link will be in the description below along with a link to All Pro Sports. And if you guys have a Rams-related business that you guys would like to me to shoot out of my face into the universe, hit me up. Rams social media pages at Ram Showcase everywhere. So... That's uh, that's how easy that is, I promise. Let's go ahead and talk about this game, though. We got the Los Angeles Rams at 11-4 at the Baltimore Ravens, who sit at 8-7 right now. This game will be televised on Fox. Pretty large area. We'll talk about that, though, here in just a second. This game is kicking off at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. It was moved. We actually did see this game moved. Uh, it was actually in the late slot and then got transferred over into the early slot. And I think a big part of that was because... Uh, they wanted the, the, the game to be televised on, or they wanted another game to be televised, which would be, would be the Cowboys and Cardinals, which, hey, makes sense, but I'm a little bit bummed out that we now have to get, uh, we get the early game, because I hate the early games. They're my worst enemy, and there's no reason to be drinking beers at 11, and I realize it's my choice. I don't have to drink beers at 11, but the Rams are on. Like, what am I, what, what am I supposed to do? But the... Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson will be on the call for this one. Let's go ahead and put up this distribution map right here for you guys. And uh, the Rams 
and Ravens game will be shown in the red areas. So quite the area. There's something about Wyoming that hates this matchup, but the rest of the country seems pretty good about it. Everybody in Colorado is going to get it. I know that I have listeners in Iowa for sure. You guys are going to get it. Everybody in Seahawks country is going to get it. Everybody in Cardinals country is going to get it. It's going to be some good stuff. We got a pretty large area for this matchup. It's a big one. All right. We got a lot of playoff stuff to talk about in this one, at least a lot of a lot of aspects of this game that that relate to postseason play. So it's good stuff right here. And this is exactly what you want out of your bonus game. All right. So this is the bonus game. This is the game that the Rams added or the, the, the league added to the Rams schedule. We were not supposed to play the Baltimore Ravens this year. But with that 17th game being added to everybody's schedule, ours is this one against the Ravens. The Rams do have a chance to clinch the division with a win and a Cardinals loss. There's tie options in there as well. The Ravens currently sit at the number eight seed in the AFC, so they are right in line trying. And it's going to be a pretty snug race for them to try to get in here. And they're at a little bit of a log jam with, uh, for that wild card spot. They're tied at 8-7 and seven with Miami, the Chargers, the Raiders. So there's a lot of things right in there. And every single game now, I mean, there's only two more for each team. All of these games are extremely important now, especially for a team sitting at the 8 seed. So you got to think the, these Ravens are going to be coming to play for sure, right? So they absolutely have something to play for. But this game, it's not about the matchup, unfortunately. It's not about Rams versus Ravens. It's not about... This Rams defense versus Lamar Jackson. It's not about Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup against this Ravens defense. It's about each team individually and what they need to do for their own season. And that's kind of odd, I guess, but it is the way it is. Both of these teams are trying to get into the playoffs. We're in separate conferences. It's a week 17 game. So it really is just like they're more worried about uh, the, the situation is you need to win the game. It doesn't matter who your opponent is. You just got you just got to win the game. Both teams are looking to win. All right. But it's not about the matchups in this one. It's about just trying to get through this game out with a win and stay as healthy as possible because both these teams are going for the playoffs. That's exactly what you want to do out of this one. So it's unfortunate that both these teams are just fighting for seeding. But it's also, like I said, this is our bonus game. And it's playoff heavy. Hard to complain when a game is it has playoff implications for both teams. And nothing's locked in. The Ravens are trying to get back into that wild card slot. The Rams are trying to hang on to first place, something that they haven't had since week four this season. And now we got two games to hold it. That's pretty that's pretty sweet. All right. Lamar could return in this way, but in this game, but his ankle could keep him from Lamaring around. And you gotta think that he's not gonna want it. Like, is he gonna be running away from Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, and Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines all day? Let's not pretend like Greg Gaines isn't super athletic for being is <laughs> the size that he is that guy's insane right so will Lamar be able to do it there was a video that released today from practice that he's walking around whatever they call that that they practice on out there in Baltimore it's just like saw does like, I don't know what it is it looks terrible either way whoever their grounds crew is is doing a horrible job and Lamar Jackson out there walking with a limp it just it just looks weird. If you guys see the videos and stuff, that, that field you're like, who did this? Like, you're like, aren't you an NFL team? Get it together, people! Like, what are you doing? Why are you? Why do you have a longest yard practice field, Baltimore? It's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous to me. But if Lamar does play, based on what I saw today, and maybe it's one of those things where they're like, hey man, cameras are out. Just go out there limping or something. Make them think you're still hurt. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not saying that that's the case. But how wild would that be if they, if that came out that he's like 
limping around just to like throw this throw off the smell of his ankle. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But if he does play, I you got to think that that ankle is still going to be bothering him. I don't know if you guys have ever had an ankle injury, but I had an ankle injury and I didn't even like running upstairs. Like it, like I thought about it when walking. Like I would like start and like ah, gotta slow down. So I'm sure that that's a thing. But he's also a little bit more athletic than me, just barely. Uh, but uh, he's also he's an NFL athlete. So if he's good, he's good. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but let's pre- let's not pretend like the best comeback potential comeback of this game because Lamar Jackson's not guaranteed. But neither is Cam Akers. But that would be the better comeback, the sicker comeback, the best comeback of all time for this season because that's amazing that he was able to 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 even be activated. By this time that that torn Achilles happened in July. And I know that there's people out there that were like, well, my cousin, he took four years to recover from that. Well, he's not your cousin. Cam Akers is not your cousin. He might be your cousin, but maybe it's a different cousin. I don't know. But Cam Akers coming back into this. We got to We just got to see what happens because a let's see how healthy he is, because is he going to be a little nervous to be moving around in the, on the practice field? He's looking fine. He's looking fast. He's making cuts uh, both directions. He's looking looking fine there. But that's the first question. B, if he is healthy, do we see him actually have like a real impact? Are we just going to like kind of pepper him in for four carries? He gets like four carries, one reception, but it's the Sony Michelle show. You know what I mean? Like, is that going to be the case? So there's multiple layers that go into this one. I don't think that at least for this week and possibly next week as well, I don't I don't think I anticipate a large number of carries for Cam Akers. I think right now, this is the Sony Michelle show. But with Hendo going down, I do think that we see possibly some funk in this one. Uh, but also, I, I think that Cam Akers will be will be a guy. And actually, Rams House, if you guys haven't subscribed to Rams House, by the way, do that. But Rams House brought up a good point is number. Because currently, 23 is taken. Um, Juju Hughes was his guess. I didn't even actually confirm that. That sounds right to me, though. Toothpick guy. Um, that I think he's rocking number 23 right now. So... What happens now? Like, does he come in and wear number one, which was his guess? <laughs> Rams House's guess? Because three's taken. That was the number he was going to go with. But maybe next year, uh, OBJ, goes, maybe he convinces the Wolf, Awu, to get uh, to get number 13 from him. And then Cam Akers goes to three. I don't know. These are off-season topics. But either way, Cam Akers coming back. I don't think I anticipate a huge impact from him in this one right away. Take a look at the history of this matchup. This is the eighth all-time meeting between these two teams. The Ravens lead the all-time series five and two. The most recent game between these two teams came on November 25th of 2019. That was a 45 to six win for the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football, and that was actually the only game with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Los Angeles Rams. Every other game has happened with the St. Louis Rams, and the St. Louis Rams are the only ones to have ever beaten. The Ravens. The first game ever between these two came on October 27th of 1996. Sheriff Joe Bags was just uh, five years old, so he's just a little little guy, you know. But that was a 31 to 37 uh, overtime victory for the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, let's see here. Only in St. Louis have the Rams beaten the Ravens. So also have never won in Baltimore against the Ravens. Uh, we have played the Colts and beaten them there, but uh, against the Ravens, never won at the Baltimore Ravens. Only in the city of St. Louis has the have the Rams beaten this 
franchise. The Rams' last win against the Baltimore Ravens came on November 9th of 2003. That was a 22-33 dub for your LA Rams. Let's take a look at the matchup of this game. We'll start with the Rams' offense versus the Ravens' D. The Rams' offense is currently 7th in the league, putting up that close to 400 a game, but still have some room to get up there. They would need uh, some pretty mega outputs these next two to pass that 400 mark. The Ravens' defense, though, 25th in overall defense in the entire NFL. That's kind of, that seems lower than uh, what you would anticipate from a, a good Ravens team, but hey, I don't make the rules. Passing the football, the Rams about that 275 mark, and the Ravens' defense dead last against the pass, putting up, uh, giving up over 280 a game. The Rams, they're floating right about this 100 yards per game mark uh, on the ground. That currently is 24th. I feel like that's about where the Rams have ranked most of the season, is right around that 23-24 mark. The Baltimore Ravens, though, first against the run. Could that have something to do with them being last against the pass? Probably. And in points, the Rams are putting up almost 28, and the Ra and the Ravens are giving up almost 24 a game. So this actually is a pretty decent matchup, and it looks like what the Rams are strong at, the Ravens have a hard time stopping. And what the Rams are not that strong at, which is running the football, the Ravens are really good. So that matchup kind of just goes to show that, hey, maybe this is a Stafford get back on track day. All right. Joe Burrow just put up, what, 525 on this defense a week ago. So I feel good that, that Stafford is at least, I mean, obviously he's more experienced than Joe Burrow, but I feel like he's he can have that confidence level going into this game that would allow him to have a strong day in this one. But that number one rush defense giving up just over 85 a game, that's insane. Uh, that could be a, a little bit of trouble for guys like Sony Michelle and if you're going to have Cam Akers coming back into this one. But hey, Funky Town. Jake Funk, I think that he's in a good spot now to start getting some offensive carries because of the Hendo injury, unfortunately. Like, I, I hate that that had to happen, but uh, I think that it'll, it'll get Funk into the offense. Let's take a look at the other side now, the Ravens offense versus the Rams defense. The Ravens offense, fifth in the league, putting up almost 400 a game. The Rams defense tied for 15th right in the middle of the road. Uh, a pro, just about average this year, feels feels about right for the Rams defense. They've had some strong games. They've had some really bad games on defense. So that tied for 15th feels right. 244 and a half for the Ravens offense passing. Uh, a large part of that was Lamar Jackson, of course, but Huntley has been in recently. Rams 22nd against the pass, given up about the same as the Ravens are putting up. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But this secondary for the Rams has been playing a lot better in recent weeks. Over the last three games or so, the Rams defense has been playing a lot better. Running the ball, almost 140 a game for that Ravens offense. That is awesome for them. And the Rams defense, though, giving up uh, under 100, sixth in the NFL. That's pretty good, too, man. But uh, points scored, almost 24 for the Ravens. And the Rams are giving up almost 22 a game. So... This is actually like a pretty great matchup here. It seems like this is strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness. The opposite of Rams offense versus Ravens defense, where it seems like everything, the Rams, like strength versus weakness and weakness versus strength kind of thing. This is strength on strength, week on week. You know what I mean? So this is actually a really good matchup. Hard to tell what's going to happen on this side, on this exact matchup on the Rams are on defense, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's going to happen there. But like I said, this Rams defense has been playing well in recent weeks. So I like the the, the transition from making Jalen go all over the place and do ridiculous things to now he just, okay, 
take out that guy and let's let everybody else go ball out because hey, let's let's not pretend like Jalen is the only good football player on this defense, all right? So we got other guys and let let him cover their best guy and let these other guys play ball. But there's no reason to have Troy Reader on Devontae Adams on third down. Still not happy about it. <laughs> it's over. It's over. I gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. It's over. It's he can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> uh, let's take a look back at the three to see that we had uh, last week against the Minnesota Vikings. We had Jalen Ramsey. Awesome day against Jefferson. Weird how that works, huh? How uh, your defense plays well when one of your best players is on their best player. Weird. Greg Gaines was on that list as well. He had one sack, and he's really come into his own, man. I'm liking Gaines more and more. Seems like every single week, I'm more and more of a Greg Gaines fan. That guy is playing some really awesome ball. And then we also had all the wide receivers. And I said I was pretty confident that we would get a 150-yard day out of one of our guys. And, hey, maybe it would have happened if we didn't have a bad day out of our quarterback. You know what I mean? So that was almost, um, I don't know. It, it felt like it was almost there. But the, a couple of throws by by Stafford and then those picks and stuff like that is like, eh, you know. Just kind of didn't work out. Let's take a look at three to see for this one, though. I'm going to go with the inside linebackers, Traven Howard and Troy Reader. With Jones going down, we need a big day from these two, uh, especially if we're going to be chasing around Lamar Jackson, which is yet to be seen. But on their uh, <laughs> on their longest yard practice field. But we're going to need a big day out of these guys. Traven Howard, though, let's give him his credit. He played great last week, and I really think that the Traven Howard and Ernest Jones combo, I think that's one to stick with. I think that that's going to be a great combo. And if we can get some uh, some solidified personnel on the outside linebackers, I think this Rams team has some pretty good backers, man. Because if Vaughn doesn't return, I like Justin Hollins and Flo. I think that's a sick combo. I like that group. I love that linebacker group if those are our guys moving forward. But we need, for this game, a big day out of those guys because this Ravens run game, is it's it's awesome and we got to be able to stop that if we want to try to win this game quarterback Matthew Stafford going against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL Stafford will look to get back on track before coming home against the San Francisco 49ers and starting the playoffs we need a strong performance from Matthew Stafford that's it if for nothing else than to give the the bulk of the fan base just the confidence that he can get it done because that's kind of lacking right now there's a lot of Rams fans out here that are like is he the guy like is can he do this and I will reference to something that I said before the season even started, and I know some of you guys hate to hear this. I started this season, though, already thinking next year is going to be a better year for the Rams, uh, you know, because now we'll have uh, I mean, Cam Akers back and actually we'll get a training camp, hopefully, his first one of his NFL career. Stafford will be second year. We get nine home games already, and one of our road games is at SoFi Stadium. So next year already looks better to me. It's just unfortunate that the Super Bowl's in L.A. this year, not next year, because that would have been real crispy, and that would have felt like destiny. You know what I mean? If the, if the Super Bowl was in L.A. next year. I don't even know where it's at next year. I don't remember. Uh, my last one here on the 3 to C is going to be Cam Akers, if he plays. If not, then Sony Michelle, man. Let's go Sony. But uh, could Akers play? That's kind of the question mark right now. We'll see. It sounds like it's it's very possible that he will play. Uh, but if he does, what kind of impact will he have on this one? Either way, though, I think that uh, because Sony Michelle is on fire right now, he has been one of the best backs in the league for the last few weeks. I, I think that there's no reason to go away from that. Even if Cam Akers does return, I think that it's still the Sony show. The Shoney? No? Nope, not working. I don't know. 
I tried, guys. I tried. It didn't work out. But uh, I, either way, I think that it's time to keep riding riding the, the Sony Michelle train right now and just keep on going with that. And then if Cam Akers can come in and have any kind of impact, that's a bonus, in my opinion. All right? So I think that really we'll see, we'll see Sony, we'll see Funk, and then we'll see some Akers, I hope. I want to see Akers out there. But we'll we'll see what uh the number of carries that he actually gets. We'll go ahead and take another quick one here. And on the other side, we got fan quesos. Don't go anywhere. All right, Rams fans, let's get into your fan quesos. If you guys would like to drop a question for me, I do post in the community section of the Rams YouTube channel every single week where you can drop your quesos right there. I also do post on my own personal Facebook page. You can add me as a friend. That's totally fine. All right. I'm friendly enough, right? I'm friendly. All right. Add me as a friend. Joe Branham is my name. Sheriff Joe Bags, I think, pulls it up as well. I don't know because I can't really search myself. Like, it knows what I'm doing when I'm searching for myself. It's like, you want you? Like, yeah, that's what you... <laughs> so I can't help you there. But I'm pretty sure if you search Sheriff Joe Bags, I put it as like my little alternate name or whatever. But you can also just uh, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe there and then just wait for the post. And then you can uh, comment it right in there. So let's go ahead and start here. This one's going to come from Jeff. If we can only keep one, which one would you choose and why? Sony or Vaughn? I, I think simply just on age on this one, I'm going to go Sony Michelle. Um, I like Vaughn Miller. I'm a big Texas A&M fan. Gig him. And I, I think that if we could have had Vaughn Miller like four or five years ago, that would have been so sick. But yeah, we get him now and that's fine. Um, let's see what, what he can kind of do with us. He did get it. He was able to get his first sack as a Ram, which was pretty cool, but I don't know, man. It's uh, it, I, I think that his impact has been ultimately pretty low on this Rams defense and the Sony Michelle impact has been great. I mean, it's been pretty high actually. He's been doing a great job. So I think that, uh, if you factor in age and the straight up impact of, of what they've done this season, then I, I think that you got to go with Sony on this one. And Running backs are all over the place. You can find them all over. Uh, but Sony Ben, I, the way that he fits into the Rams offense, I think is just real crispy. So I, I think I would go with that one. This next one here comes from Edwin. You got three. Number one, how surprised were you when Brandon Powell took that punt to the house? I was more surprised at the fact that he just caught it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've only seen fair catches this whole season. <laughs> you know what I mean? So first punt returned uh, for the Rams since Tavon Austin. So that's pretty cool to see. And I don't know, man. I I, I think that's it. Is I was just surprised to see him take it. Once he did take it and he kind of got around the corner, I was like, oh, he's gone. Like, I was pretty convinced on it right away. Like, once he got around, like, the first wave, it was like, oh, he's housing this, you know? But I, I think that, that that would be where my surprise surprise lies. All right, number two here. Uh, would you rather keep Aaron Donald or Sean McVay? First of all, Edwin, how dare you <laughs> put put me in a situation where I got to choose one of these dudes and then throw the other one away? You know what I mean? Like rude. First of all, but I will say that um, now Aaron Donald's thirty. I don't think that his his productive years are over or anything like that. But I think Sean McVay, as our head coach, I, I think people are pretty quick already to forget what we came from and how much better we got the second Sean McVay arrived. So Sean McVay walks into the building. Like I remember watching him pull up in his BMW. He comes out, he opens the gate and stuff like that. I remember watching that video on the Rams.com and it was like right then that it was like, we got better that second, the second he opened those gates, it was like, Oh, we're a better football team right now. 
we came from a mess, man. We came from an absolute disaster. So I think that keeping Sean McVay is, is critical. I think he, not only is he a strong coach, but I think that the culture that he has built is invaluable. And Aaron Donald's absolutely a part of that. And it's hard to say, nah, get rid of Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Like, cause I obviously, obviously my answer is keep both and screw your question. But <laughs> to, to actually select, if I had to, I think you got to go McVay. I think that the, what he's been able to do for this team, uh, I think is is not just looking at wins and losses or looking at his playoff record or anything like that, because I know that there's some people that only look at that kind of thing. But when you look at what Jeff Fisher was doing, or Spags, or Linehan, or like that whole disaster of st- stretch of coaches that we've had since Vermeil, let's be real here. Let's not pretend like Mike Martz was a good coach. He ran us into the ground. He took the greatest show on turf and just crumbled it in a couple of years. So, I mean, uh, you got to think about where we came from. And Sean McVay has absolutely been a huge, huge part of that, if not the reason that we're good now. You know what I mean? There's obviously some good players out there. Aaron Donald was drafted by Jeff Fisher, like stuff like that. Like, it happens. But McVay, uh, the culture is absolutely unbelievable that he's been able to build. And last one here from Edwin is, uh, how excited are you to get revenge on the Ravens? Man, I want that so bad. They beat us up, man. 45 to 6 last time we played these guys. That's so tough. And yeah, man, it's never winning in in Baltimore against the Ravens. That's tough. I want to do that. Uh it's just I don't know, man. It's I it's one of those where it's like that last game was not who we are kind of thing cuz that was what the 2019 season. Yeah, so 2019 season which was a down year for us. It was the worst year under McVay, but I don't know. It's just, uh, that, that game was rough, dude. It got like, it was to the point where like in the third quarter, we used to, we're laughing at stuff. We're just like, oh my gosh, like we can't do anything right. You know what I mean? And so hopefully that's just not the case this time. It's not prime time. It's the opposite of prime time. It's a 10 a.m. kickoff. So I think we'll be all right. 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 <laughs> Trying to figure out which one I want to inflect. You know what I mean? <laughs> Next one here from Jeff. Have you seen the Kurt Warner movie? What did you think? If not, will you? I have not yet. Um, yes, I will. I think we're trying to go in to do it in theaters, the whole Springs squad out here, which is a lot smaller than you would think for a team that's winning games. You know what I mean? Everybody kind of bailed on us. 2018, we had like a, a, a like a fat crew. It was like nine of us. And now it's down to like four. So I don't know. But either way, I think we are trying to do that and, and make a whole event out of it. Uh, but I'm excited to see it. I just, I, I, I don't know if I'm tempering expectations or what is in my brain, but I think I'm going to walk out of that saying that Heaven Can Wait is still the best Rams movie. And yet, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this movie is absolutely incredible. I like that I've heard that they don't really get into the Cardinal stuff. It's really the, the story about that season and for the Rams. And, and I love that. So I think that that will make me like it more. But I also looking at the 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 trailers like that. The it looks pretty corny. I'll be honest. Like it doesn't look like it's like super high quality. The football scenes look like they're probably kind of corny. They I think they nailed the vibe of the Edward Jones Dome. And I don't know if that's an insult or not. I mean, if depending on if you own the Edward Jones Dome or if you built it or something. But either way, it feels like a warehouse in the in the videos and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, okay, they got it. Like they nailed it. They they picked it up. Like it whatever but yeah i'm excited to see it man i uh, have not yet but yeah we'll absolutely be checking that one out it's rams related man i do things that are rams related it's awesome have to looking at six games next year dude six of them count them up need two hands 
All right. Uh, Robert, will I survive in Rams gear in Baltimore? Just don't go to certain neighborhoods. I think if you go into the stadium, you'll be fine there. Uh, so find some other blue, find some other blue and yellow and, uh, and, and just, just hang on with them. I've never been to Baltimore. I've never even been in like the region of Baltimore. I've never been to that little pocket of the universe. Uh, I've been down to Florida, California a couple of times now uh, this year, uh, but never been up there. Maybe sometime we'll get up there and, uh, and get into a game, but yeah, man, word on the street. Uh, my Colorado brain out here. It hears that Baltimore is not super classy, but Hey, I don't know. I've never been there, so I'm not going to I'm not going to put him into that box if I haven't experienced it myself. You know what I mean? Cuz I've actually never had problems in LA. Everybody's just a little bit more rude than out here in Colorado, but they're fine. I mean, whatever. People are rude. If that's the worst thing that happens, like whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what are they going to do? Be mean like whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh this next one here comes from Ben. Uh what can we expect from Cam Akers going forward and on to the playoffs? Solid question, man. I wish I had like a real answer for you there. Unfortunately, I do not because I'm not 100% sure what we see out of um out of out of Cam Akers for these next couple games because we just don't know if if he's going to be thrown in that much because obviously coming off of this injury, like you don't just go and give him like 25 carries, you know what I mean? Like so he hasn't he's never had a training camp in his NFL career. It just, I don't know. It just, I don't think we, let me put it this way, in the simplest way I can. I think that this story is bigger than it will, I don't even know if that's, if that wording makes sense. This storyline is being pushed really hard of Cam Akers' return. I think we're going to look back and be like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. He was only getting less than eight touches a game it ultimately was low impact. I think that's what we're going to look back on. Or I could be absolutely wrong. We'll be like, I can't believe we got Cam Akers back. He's the reason we won the Super Bowl because he's out here rushing for 200 yards a game because he's fresh when everybody else is beat up. Maybe. Maybe. We will see what happens. Just a couple more here for you guys. This one's going to come from Payo Time. If you could be Rampage for 24 hours outside of Rams games, where would you wear the mascot costume? Dude, like the DMV, uh, I would go to the grocery store, definitely be driving around with it. I'd be, that's, that'd be tough, but uh, I'd be doing that for sure. I would just be like at my desk at work, <laughs> not even talking either, just like doing like, you know, the obnoxious mascot motions. Uh, but I would just live life, dude. I don't think I would do anything that nuts. I think I would just live life like I'm not dressed as Rampage, you know what I mean? Because uh, I think that's the funnier way to do that is if you... If you don't even acknowledge that you're dressed in a ridiculous thing, I think that's funnier. Like if you like we all know that guy who like walks into work and he's got a bow tie on and he's like, hey, guys, check it out, you know, and you're like, dude, shut up. Like, you know, what I mean? but if you walk in with a bow tie on and you don't say a word, that's hilarious. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody else, but I get it. <laughs> Like, I wear my ridiculous shirts to work all the time. I got a bunch of button-ups and stuff like that that have, like, roller skates on them or dinosaurs or sharks or something like that. You don't make a comment. You can't be the one to make a comment. Anyway, moving on here to Ram's House. If you guys have not subscribed to Payo and Ram's House, it's worth it. It's also free, so what are you doing with yourself? Just go do it. Uh, let's see here. Out of these choices, what is your favorite sports analyst? Rich Eisen. Pat McAfee, Dan Patrick, and Colin Coward. Ooh, 
Dude, I like all these guys. These guys are great. I'll rank them for you, though, because I do have, like, a ranking of these four. Um, I'm a big Colin fan. I know not everybody is, and that's fine. Like, uh, we all have different preferences. You don't have to like Colin Coward because I do. I just, I like the way that he lays things out, and I also like the way that he admits he's wrong. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people have a hard time doing that. Just say, like, he's got a segment where he goes back and tells you, what do you say? What do you got wrong? Like, I blew this. Like, I thought this was going to happen, this this happened. I was way off. You know? I like that. I like that there's a segment dedicated to him being like, hey, I screwed up. You know what I mean? Love that stuff. And also, like, like I don't know. It's just the, the way he communicates, because being in school for this kind of stuff and, and having this show now for, for a few years, it's like being able to watch a guy like Colin Coward and be like, oh, he's good at this. Like, he knows, <laughs> he knows what he's doing out here. You know what I mean? I like that he's got somebody to play off of. I think Joy does a really good job as well. Um, but I think that, that that dynamic helps a lot. I almost wish I had like a, a Joy, <laughs> a Joy Taylor off to the side that I could like get to ask me questions or something like that. But um, either way, man, I think Colin, Colin will be in my number one. After that, Dan Patrick is unreal. And the the reason that I like Dan Patrick so much is his ability to interview. He nails interviews because you'll even see some of the Rams people, and I'm not going to try to call people out or anything like that, but it's like you'll see some of the Rams people that'll say, Talk about, like, no, that is the laziest thing ever. Ask a question. Don't just tell them, like, hey, talk about this for a little bit, why don't you? Like, what kind of lazy journalism is that, man? But Dan Patrick is actually the one that I learned that from uh, to never start uh, one with uh, with talk about. Uh, but he does such a great job interviewing, and he's able to pull things out of people that I, I think that even there's some sometimes that he pulls things out of people that they didn't even want to talk about. But he words questions in a way where they're like, ah. Well, you know, it's because, like, you know, like, and they just kind of go into it. And, and I love that stuff. So his ability to to get information from people, um, I think that he's great. He also communicates extremely well. The voice, obviously, the voice, incredible. After that, I'm going to go with Pat McAfee. I think the the casualness of his show and the rest of the crew, I think, is is very solid. And it's it's really good to to get that journalism, that that show host mentality and 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 quality from a from a person who's hosting a show but who was also a player and who was in locker rooms for years and is able to give those those examples of like hey this happened but like i don't know if that would ever actually happen in a locker room or that would have never happened in a, in this lock-. like i like that aspect of it too to be to be able to bring the real world and mix it in with the nfl world i, I think that he's like a, a a perfect intersection between those two where he's able to relate to both sides of it and, and come together. And, and his show is, is, it's amazing. I think that he does the Aaron Rodgers thing too long. I think those interviews are way too much. I think it takes up too large of a percentage of his week, but that's just my, my opinion. And my opinion ultimately is irrelevant there. So it does not matter. But uh, my last one there would be Rich Eisen. And that's not supposed to be a shot at Rich Eisen. I think Rich Eisen is awesome. Uh, I, man, I, I hate talking trash about people because I, I, I like his other guys too. I just think that the, like, Pat McAfee, I think that Dan Patrick, and I think that Colin Coward, even with just one, I think that he's got a better supporting, uh, they've all got a better supporting cast than Rich Eisen, and I would like to see that improve, but, I mean, Brockman's good, other dude, I can never remember his name, uh, they're fine, but I just, I just feel like the, I feel like the energy of the show is, is lower than, uh, the other ones, the other ones have higher energy, that one's more of just, like, they have a topic that I like, so I'll, I'll listen to that, and, and I like Rich Eisen's take on a lot of things uh but the energy level of that show is a little lower than the others so i'm gonna go with that one last 
All right. Kind of went way too long on that question, but I love the question. <laughs> the next one here from Rams House. If you play Stafford on the 2018 Rams team uh, in the Super Bowl versus New England, does he win it? Keep in mind, Cup is injured this year. Yes, Cup is out of that game. He did not participate. I like to think that he would, but it's it's so impossible to tell because the the defense that the Patriots came out in that game, it was like perfect to stop McVay. And I think that that game was a lot less about Goff and more about McVay because we saw it earlier in that season. It was a, what was it, 6-13, to 13, I, I believe, lost to the Chicago Bears, which kind of laid the blueprint of how to stop McVay offense, which he's now adjusted to and he's able to now defeat that defense uh, on the right day. But it that was exactly what we saw, you know, just like eight-man front, like, straight across a six guys all hands in the dirt kind of thing and it was, it was difficult to tell who was coming who was not and Jared Goff was not able to adjust to that on the fly so maybe Matthew Stafford is able to adjust to that and 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 make those reads right after like post snap you're reading now a new defense because you didn't know what was coming so I don't know it, it, it's impossible to tell but I'm gonna go yes just because I can so be it Next one here. Which player on the 2018 Rams roster was your favorite? Which was the most underrated? Dude, this is an easy one. Mark Barron, the best Rams player of all time, man. My favorite, dude. <laughs> I liked Barron back at Bama even. So when we traded for him from Tampa Bay, I was all about it. I love Mark Barron, though. I think he's an awesome dude. Super cool. Um, an awesome player. I liked his aggression. I liked, the, I liked his play style. And that's a lot of why I like Jordan Fuller today is because of that play style. But... Uh, on that Rams roster, I loved I loved Mark Barron. I think that he was definitely that guy. But uh, as far as uh, underrated, uh, I'm trying to think about that that team now. I think that um, I would say that Marcus Peters was maybe a little bit underrated, but I don't know, man, because he also he also had that attitude of like when he would get burned, he would look at the rest of the defense like, where are you guys at? Like, or maybe you should have been covering your guy, dude. Like, what, like you know what I mean? So I don't know, but. I don't know. That's hard to tell because I'm trying to I'm trying to picture that entire roster now. Maybe Jake McQuaid. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. What is your favorite game you have watched this year from the Rams from this Rams squad? I mean, it's hard to go against Jags just because I was there. Uh, but if I have to go with just a game that I really just thoroughly enjoyed watching, had a great time uh, just kicking back and watching the, the Rams do some stuff. Probably week five against Seattle Thursday night uh, or this this most recent one against the Cardinals. I think that those two games were it just felt good. It felt like we were in a good rhythm on those games. It, it felt exciting. You know what I mean? Like it just I don't know it, when when we can kick back and me and my buddies are joking and we're high five and stuff like that. Like we high five for every point and stuff like that. We have points, you know, but I, I don't know. It's It's when. When I'm having just a great time hanging out with the bros and just watching a Rams game and, and it's going well, we're high-fiving a bunch and stuff like that. And we're just talking all the trash to, to the TV. <laughs> uh, I think that those are those are my favorite days. And those are days I'll always remember. Like even no matter what happens in where I live or where they live or what happened, like whatever, I will always look back on some of those moments and, and, and just... Just remember how awesome it was, man. Like uh, 2018 against the the Vikings. That's one of my favorite games that I've watched with the crew. You know what I mean? It's just, it was fun. It was great. I remember the whole layout of the garage at the time. It's different now. So like, I remember that stuff, but I don't know. It's um, so, so much that goes into why I like a certain game that it's hard to tell, but I think that that would be the best way to describe it. When I'm just kicking back, having a great time, hanging out with the homies, 
you know, good stuff. And uh, what is Odell's favorite beverage? Ooh, I was not prepared for that. Okay, uh, I should have been prepared for that. <laughs> Let's see. Odell's favorite beverage. He is definitely obnoxious. Um, but he's also like, he's also cool. And he fits, he works in LA, you know? Let me think here. Let me put all these pieces together. He's obnoxious. He's flashy. He's loud. Um... He's perfect in Los Angeles, I think. Uh, and that's just my opinion. You guys feel free to think different. Please actually think different than me on some things, at least. I don't need everybody, just little Joe robots, little Joe bots walking around. Anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Odell Beckham Jr.'s favorite beverage is a lemonade. Because it's uh, it, it's it's a little tart. You got that that little that bite to it. A little aggressive. A little obnoxious. It's bright. It's flashy. It's yellow. It's you know, it's in your face. But hey, it's perfect on that beach in L.A. <laughs> Dude, uh, so I wish I would have prepared that because I probably could have put it together a little bit better than that. But hey, I'm actually pretty pleased with how that one came out. <laughs> These are fun, man. These are good times. But. Thank you guys for your fan quesos. Do appreciate the heck out of you guys. I got a new iPhone, by the way, and I'm not used to it yet. And the thing is weird, and I hate that my text messages pop up on my computer. What the heck is with that? Get out of here. I have a phone for those. Jeez. Anyway, that's irrelevant to you guys. For sure, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. We try to keep it pretty simple there. Hope you guys have a, have had an amazing holiday season, and I hope your New Year's is awesome, and I hope it's mainly safe. I get so worried about so many of my friends on this day because some people that I know just go absolutely bananas and then they're driving home and stuff like that and I hate that just drives me nuts so you guys are uh if you guys are in that crew then just hey hey be smart all right just just do the right thing if you gotta crash somewhere crash somewhere if you gotta get a ride home and get your car the next day just do it okay don't be doing dumb stuff all right because it's a lot it's a lot better to tell the story about how lame it was on the first when you had to you had a huge hangover and you had to go pick up your car. It was 45 minutes away than being in jail or being dead. Nobody wants to be dead through the holidays. You know what I mean? So just just be smart about it. But thank you guys for hanging out with me. I do sincerely appreciate the heck out of you guys. You have no idea how much I appreciate you guys. Seriously, y'all have no idea. I wish y'all knew. Y'all have no idea. Y'all have no idea. But I do appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for being here. But that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports 4 Radio and Fan Sided. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys have a great night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.